Lately, I seem to be having more and more conversations with people who have really started taking a long look back on their lives to try to determine to what degree anything they've done matters and whether or not it will keep mattering after they've gone. For many of them, these musings revolve around a major accomplishment or a specific body of work that was somehow, I don't know, more, for lack of a better word, than most, if not all, of the other things that they've done. Many have even used the term calling to describe it. Now, personally, I haven't experienced that, at least not in the way that it's been described to me. I think my life has been different in that I've done a bunch of smaller things that, when looked at together, form something that is greater and much more fulfilling than the sum of its parts. I was talking about this with Jack Lowe, who you might remember from episodes 37 and 38 of Process Driven, and we thought it might be a perfect topic for another chance to record. So get comfortable, because for the next hour or so, we're talking about the importance of legacy, connecting with people, and a really wonderful story that involves Jack piloting a 42-ton lifeboat in the North Atlantic and a Rottweiler called Bear. I'm Jeffrey Sidoris. I'm talking to Jack Lowe, and this is In Between. Do you know one of my favorite quotes from you is still, and I, and I have shared this with so many people, is from, from our first conversation, the, the internet is a wonderful thing when the internet is a wonderful thing. <laughs> Oh, yes. <laughs> I've forgotten that. Yeah. Whoever said that was a genius. Yeah. Really? Well, it goes without saying. <laughs> the internet's a wonderful thing when the internet's a wonderful thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I keep coming out with these um, these nuggets. I, I don't right. know where they come. I don't know where they come from, I tell you. Hey, what do you think of our new page? Of the new page I put on the project? It's lovely. Uh, so, it's lovely. So people, thank you. Yeah, because it occurred to me that um, you know we we have our two camps, don't we? We have people who are very familiar with your arena and your, and how you present things, and then there are people who are familiar with how I present things, and they may not necessarily. If people are finding you through my project and through me, um, they may not necessarily know how to quickly find the three parts. Correct, um, and so I thought it might be a nice way to collate them as they, well, hopefully, be, there'll be more than three. Um, yeah, I think so. But, um, it's, it's a nice way for people just to find them and then to click through and hopefully subscribe to you, as I mentioned in the in the message. Well, I would still love to do uh, as we spoke um, about you checking in from the road and and doing some yes. sort of remote things that we can kind of cut together into something else. Uh, do you have any idea when you're going to be able to get out with Nina again? Is that close? Yeah, Is it still uh, far yeah, away? Se- September. 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 It's, okay. It's what, okay. Yeah, that's what we're aiming for. Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. uh, we, I, I'm reconvening with the RNLI in July just to confirm that we're still on track for that. But the vaccination program here seems to be going very well. Um, you know, there has its misgivings, of course, and there are ups and downs and... Um, people you know there there are a proportion of people um who aren't taking the vaccine for their own reasons and so i guess it all depends and all depends on any variants coming in that beat the vaccine and sure oh my goodness what a path ahead eh but um yeah. that that's what we're aiming for is uh is september and who, who is up first 
Um, well, that still needs to be organised because once I get um, the go-ahead on that front, um, I will then set about making a um, making you know an itinerary. Um, mm-hmm. But that will. Um, I, I tend to do that just say six to eight weeks in advance. Um, and again, I think it needs to be one that's relatively close to home, you know, um, so that I'm not traveling to all these different communities too far from home. But right. that said, I think it will still be a good 150 to 200 miles from home um, on the on on the same coast as Newcastle. So um, probably the South Yorkshire coast and, and Lincolnshire, I'm thinking at the moment. Um, Would you just so do really one to- then? For this first we'll outing, how, yeah, we're, 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 it needs to be more than that, really. Um, but if if it could only be one, I would still just do one, just to, to get out there and do it again, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but bear in mind that I normally visit between ten and twelve um, over a five-week period. You know, I'm usually away from home for about five weeks. Um, I'm hoping really that it could be half a dozen something like that but there are the questions of whether or not that's responsible but um right. and I'll only I'll, I'll only do what is responsible um because uh, the last thing I want to do is draw attention to sure oh sorry draw criticism to my project and it's it's been a while have you have you found the manual to the camera so you know what you're doing <laughs> that's right <laughs> it does it does cross my mind you know um <laughs> Uh, I mean, I remember. What's this then? Step one. Where'd you stick this? <laughs> What's this wet stuff? Oh my god, it's horrible, <laughs> and it smells. <laughs> I don't remember the smell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, but then you know, I think we've discussed before that just because you aren't actively doing the activity right now doesn't mean you aren't that person because sure. there's, be- there's barely a day goes by when I don't think it through. And um, it is a while. And what I'll do um, over the coming months is I will get some more chemicals sorted out and I will um, do some dry runs or wet runs again, you know, and, and make sure it's that I'm still um in the game, as it were, uh, which I which I know will be. I mean, I've had these concerns before after protracted breaks. You know, I had um, in, in uh, from September twenty seventeen till May June twenty eighteen, I had quite a an extended break, and um, because I just ran out of money, I couldn't afford to right. go on the road again. Um, in that particular period, and that's when Patreon came about and all that side of things, and um, and I was really concerned when I went on the road to Scotland for that next mission, could I do it again? Mm-hmm. But, well, I, was like, I don't know if I was concerned. I was just not being complacent. That was all. And I, so I had nerves. But, you know, that had been a good eight, nine months since I'd last made a glass plate. Um, but it's all in there. You right. know, it's like riding a bike. I really do feel like it's riding a bike. I mean, I was watching a a video just recently um of a friend of mine the only time somebody else has poured a plate in my vehicle in nina is my friend john channels who comes to help every now and then um and i just stumbled across this video from 2016 where he's pouring a plate on the one occasion he's done it um and even then i was i could I, I, I was jumping ahead to all the steps he needed to be aware of right so i could see that he wasn't thinking ahead um 
even when he took the lid off the silver tank and put it down the counter the wrong way up in my head i was thinking oh no other way up john and then I, and then i said then i said the words in the video tim no john other way up nice <laughs> yeah. nice um and then I, i've been doing some mentoring lately as you know and yep. uh i was talking to somebody through the process uh just last week and um i was really reassured that it's all just in there it's it feels like it's really a part of my fabric now you know cool. part of my my dna so I, I don't really have too many qualms about that but i, I will make sure that everything's up and running properly first but, and nina uh, has has nina speaking of up and running has has nina been sorted out and taken care of oh, she hasn't been sorted out just yet i'm i'm just in the throes of uh going to see this garage just to make be, right. make sure that they are I don't want to I don't want to get another phone call from you at 2 in the morning. Uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, no, why she, is she, there she, steam? Yeah, why is this why is there steam and oil? <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's so many things to think about on this I project. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's all part of the rich tapestry, isn't it? And It is. Um, it is. And and now you have stories. You know, if, if these things hadn't happened, then you wouldn't have the stories to share. Yeah, utterly. And the 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 latest one that I'm just attending to and coming to terms with is that already the big poster has succumbed to the weather. Oh, really? Um, we were just talking yeah. about it. Yeah, you know, so those fifty mile per hour. Yeah, the week the week afterwards, that wall unfortunately was lashed by fifty mile per hour winds and horizontal rain. No kidding. Rain. No kidding. So and, is it uh, is it gone completely? No, no. Um, there are some pictures on Twitter. It's uh, we we weren't going to publicise it just yet. Well, just while we came to terms with it. But mm -hmm. um, of course, I have some mourning the loss, um, as it were. Yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly. Um, and that's how I felt at first. Not mm -hmm. least just because mainly because it was so soon. Right. Well, and it but, was it was kind of a pain to get that one done. Right. I mean, it's that I, went through some issues. Yes, it did, and. Um, well, they both did, to be honest. You know, they both had their issues to, to surmount. And um, that second one, though, just looked so glorious. You know, when we mm. finished it, it just looked amazing. Um, and But maybe one of the ways that I'm coming to terms with it is I'm thinking about it like those huge artworks in the sand. You know, those kind of huge drawings that get made in the low tide on the sand and then the high tide comes and washes washes sure, it away sure um you know those are some of those are extraordinary artworks um and the record of them a bit like the the artist andy goldsworthy as well love yeah, andy the, goldsworthy the, yeah the, yeah the record of them is the photograph yeah yeah and they don't those artists don't worry one jot that, that it doesn't exist anymore right if i just reframe how I think about these things. You know, I'm such a, I was going to say it, I'll say it. I, I'm such a control freak, <laughs> you know, no. I, 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 I like to, you know, I like to know what's going to happen. That's me. That's been my tradition, but say it actually, so. oh, no, I, oh. you can, can you picture me rubbing my hat, my rubbing my forehead now? I'm just got my, my head in my hands. That's right. So. Leaning slightly forward. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly that. Um, but, ah, oh, uh, I'm reframing it, Jeffrey. I'm reframing how I think about these things. And it's the same with wet plate, actually. You know, one thing that process has taught me is that you need to stop trying to measure things. You know, if you if you release yourself to the process, if you stop trying to measure things, which includes measuring the light that's going through the camera, um, then wonderful things happen. 
and maybe that's the same with these posters and actually when i look at the person who inspired me to make those posters which is jr mm-hmm. he has thousands of posters across the world and come to think of it when i've looked at his videos uh there's one in particular at uh, the louvre in in france where the huge piece that he you know it's extraordinary this kind of 3d appearance of this um huge huge pasting that he did on the pavement there um within a very short space of time within days or perhaps even hours started to deteriorate and before you knew it there's paper everywhere right now there are two sides to that of course you know what there was certainly one camp who's saying it's litter. <laughs> yeah, one, there is paper everywhere. <laughs> yes. But then there are the other people who were grabbing bits as souvenirs because they couldn't believe they got to have a, a piece of JR in their hands. You right. Know? Um, and as a an onlooker to that event, I didn't think one jot actually about J- that, that JR might be upset that it was being destroyed or anything like that i just thought it was all part of it and what would happen so maybe i just need to relax a little bit um because the people who are talking about it on twitter at the moment seem to be totally of the opinion that it's weathered and it's weathering and that's part of the nature of it yes i think you have to you have to ask yourself is the art the thing or is the art in the doing of the thing is 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 the art in in the process of of putting that piece up or the result of putting it up and i think there there are different ways to look at that yeah and then certainly one thing that has happened as as a result of the fact that the poster is already so weathered is it makes it all the more special for those that were there and saw it mm-hmm. you know a, a, a friend called julian made a surprise visit to us on on the wednesday uh, while we were there and there was a moment at the end of the day when he was standing beside me as i was just gazing at it and he and he was gazing at it too and he turned to me and said that's a really beautiful thing you've made there jack and i thanked him very much of course and i was very pleased that he felt that and i asked him to confirm it mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, could you say that just one more time a little yes, slowly yes exactly because it would be through so much to get it up there and um uh, you know but now that moments like that become more treasured yeah more special and so many parallels with wet collodion itself um because very few people have actually seen my glass plates right only the people really who are there to see them being made right as you were talking through this, there's something interesting that I thought of. And, and that is that on the one hand, you make this art that will outlast anyone who sees it mm-hmm. and their children and their children's children. Hmm? Yes. But then on the other hand, there is another representation of that work. There's another, there's another expression, if you will, of that work that is incredibly transient and may only last days or weeks. Yes, that's a great way of thinking about it. And I'm already starting to feel much better. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Oh, it's one of my favorite phrases. But it is interesting, right? I mean, it's it's the same photograph, arguably. um, Yes. But it's but you can you can go visit that photograph each day for a week or two and watch it 
deteriorate and watch it change and watch it evolve. Whereas the plates, if you look at them, you know, revisit them every 10 years, they're going to look exactly the same if they're, you know, stored well and handled well, et cetera. But so I think it's really interesting how you, you have, have gone to the poles on the expressions of your art in terms of, of, uh, longevity and legacy. That's yeah, that's really interesting. And I, I really like that thought process. Um, and I must confess I hadn't got that far with it myself yet. I think because I'm so, you know, I have all these expectations of how my work will last and what I expect from any given medium. So, and the posters are new to me, really, you know, I'm still Mm -hmm. learning with the posters. Um, but no, that's a really nice way to think about it. And one of the things I love about it, actually, about about this discussion, you know, not only the one that we're having, but the one that's happening on Twitter today as well, is that I'm being offered all these helpful ways to think about it. And I like it. You know, I like that people are part of the discussion and uh, they seem totally at ease with the deterioration, you know, um, and uh, and I love the guidance I'm getting, if you like, in how to think about it rather than thinking about it as you know, put all this effort into making this piece and now it's already gone. It's like, right. well, we, we still had that moment, you know, we st- and we still made it, that artwork. Right. Um, well, but you hit the nail on the head, I think, earlier, when because this, this may be their only um, experience of that image. The people that, that walk by this particular surface, this may be the only experience they have of that work. And, and whatever, whatever state they find that work in, if they come on the first day, then they're going to see it in its sort of relatively pristine state. But if they come a week or two in, they get what they get. Whereas you, you have this, this image in your mind's eye of what it looks like as, as a forever glass plate. So, of course, mm-hmm. it's going to take you a bit to sort of wrap your head around seeing what it's like to deteriorate. Because one of the reasons that you, that you have chosen glass plate is the longevity is the legacy of the work that you do so obviously i mean it's it goes without saying that you're going to need some time to sort of wrap your head around watching your work fade away yeah that's again quite right you know i if you can imagine i've I've made some two thousand glass plates now Mm -hmm. on the project and and they aren't all you know some of them may have been second attempts at the glass plates i'm talking about the total quantity that i've made over the last six-ish years um and when you're in that mentality of creating a medium which is so permanent, as you say, if if looked after correctly and stored correctly and all of that kind of thing, you know, the, the posters are such a diversion. But um, yes, I, I'm getting there. I'm getting yeah. there. You'll get there. Um, and, and also, you know, I've had uh, some lovely interactions with JR Studio, not JR himself, but with, um, I, I'm guessing his assistants in his studio mm-hmm. his people um, yeah his people yes yes his people um and i sent them the the little video that i put up on vimeo it's just a 20 30 second video of a stroll by the poster when it was finished and you know so they gave me lovely feedback about it saying how awesome it was and what a beautiful project uh, and then i mentioned about the 50 mile per hour winds that i feared were lashing the wall and they wrote back and said, oh, yes, they, they sound like severe conditions for a poster. Good luck. But, you know, with the implication, just be prepared that it may not be around right. for that long. There, and that's just what it is. So, But there is something about, I mean, I, I, love, uh, I love the work of Shepard Ferry. Uh, and and his, his Obey project has been seen 
all over the world. Yes. And one of the things that that happens w- with his work, and this is a, a little different, but I think it's it's sort of tangential. His work will deteriorate and fade, and then other people paste up over it. So you 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 get this evolution of the work itself, where where you can you can see less and less of his work and more and more of other pieces of work, and it takes on this new sort of identity. Um, I don't see that probably happening with with the stuff that you're doing because it sounds like you are in many cases the first and only posters to have been put up in these areas. So the the evolution will be different. The evolution is 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 more deterioration on your side, but I still think it's an interesting. It's an interesting way to experience your work mm. in in different sort of states of being. Uh, and, and if it were me, I would be inspired to go, wow, I, I see what this looks like here now in this space. I wonder what the original looks like or I wonder what the, the, mm. the, the okay, actual yes. plate looks like. And it would mm. inspire me to kind of go look those things up and try and experience them in mm. different ways. Yeah, because the polar opposite of that particular image is that she i say she you know the 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 vessel that plate of the vessel has been in museums mm-hmm. you know um which is the precise opposite of a a poster pasted up with wheat paste isn't it right right um does it get you thinking about the work in a different way i mean do you do you think about maybe creating a body of work that is only temporary that you that you don't show sort of publicly that you can only see these things out in the world if you if you happen to be in that space well, I guess that's the idea um, of the posters. You know, I've, I've been calling it the the With Courage exhibition. Mm-hmm. Um, and With Courage ties into the words of the founder of sure. the Are Alive. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and that's always my intention. So what I really love is for um, people to come forward with um, suggestions and, and more sites, you know, for me to to, to further this. Uh, and But that's exactly it, Jeffrey. That's exactly the notion i guess would be to make a body of work you know sorry a new form of the work that suits the pandemic and that people can go to see it without having to go inside a gallery and they i mean i i know people you know i know galleries want people to go inside (laughs) inside the galleries (laughs) particularly when they open up again but you know some people are intimidated by galleries and some people are intimidated more than ever at the moment by closed spaces and they like to see things in the open air so for me, this is like the ultimate accessibility. And that's why JR inspired me so much. When I saw uh, Visage, Village, and the English name is Faces, Places, for the first time, the the, the film um, that he made with Agnes Varda, um, this huge light bulb went off. Um, so yes, in answer to a question, I guess that's what this is all about, really, is presenting the work in a new medium that... Um, uh, but I hadn't. I got as far as accessibility for people during a difficult situation such as such as the pandemic. But what I hadn't done is gone quite as far as wrapping my head around the, the deterioration, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what's happening now. So I think it'd be great. You know, I'd love to try some more poster sites and see where it takes us. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that you're willing to accept the change in the work that, that you're able to you're able it's not necessarily that you're compartmentalizing but you're you're able to accept that that doing this doing these types of versions of the work is still valid it still is important and and it can exist side by side with the plates yes 
Yeah. And, and it opens it up in a whole different way. Sure. You know? um, to passers-by, to people camping on a holiday nearby, you know, in that particular instance. Um, you know, one of the sites that keeps springing to mind, when, you know, if anybody ever asks me, where else are you thinking of? There's um, a, a very small, like, you know, like a, a one road town almost called Scrabster um, in the very, very far north of Scotland. It's the most, well, I'm not sure if Scrabster or the neighbouring town of Thurso is actually the most northerly town on the on the UK mainland. Um, but when you drive down that one road towards the lifeboat station in Scrabster, there are these huge, I guess they're storage cylinders. I can't remember if they're fuel cylinders or something else. I think they might be for fuel. Um, and there are about eight of them. And I just can't help but think, you know, that's like a ready-made exhibition right there. Right, you know, right, right. right. A, a huge poster on each cylinder. Um, so it's those kind of scenarios that I'm looking at. And and in a location where you, would, you wouldn't normally, as far as I'm aware, see great artworks exhibited mm -hmm. you know it's a very transient place that that kind of a town is a really transient place you're only really going there if you have a purpose such as catching the ferry to orkney right um and i i hope that you know people who are from the area would agree with that assessment you know of the town as being a very transient place you know the people who are staying there tend to be on their way to somewhere else um so yes, places like that, you know, be really exciting to me. Um, not least the logistical challenge of getting up a, yeah, sure. a huge cylinder like that. But you know, you see Jr. do that all the time. You right, know, right. The, the the videos on his um, Vimeo channel, um, Social Animals, is extraordinary. You know, I've I've lost hours. Hours of, <laughs> you know, I was about to say I've lost hours of my life, but I haven't. Lost, I've been enriched. You know, I haven't lost right. hours of my life. I've been enriched and learned things and been in awe i mean the things that people do in this world jeffrey i that to, to enrich the world are extraordinary you know we, we we're so bombarded aren't we with um well sorry i don't mean to put opinion in your head there. i'll just say it from my perspective i feel we're so bombarded with negativity and the bad things that are going on in the world but you know shine the light in a different direction and there's so much enrichment going on as well does all of this kind of get you thinking about art public art in a different way i mean even even beyond lifeboat project when when in two or three years time when you finish this are you already sort of going through some of the machinations of what maybe is beyond for this poster project could it could it exist as a new body of work with new subject matter and focus its focus as a public art piece do you know what i mean in, instead of doing sort of uh images for display in museum or in people's homes is there a body of work in you that is that is solely public i think there might be yeah. i think there might be I, well one thing that's occurred to me about um the public side of the posters is that it potentially extends the life of the project in a new way mm -hmm. um you know to to make these open air exhibitions you know the, the with courage exhibition sure um so it's like it's, so it's like this huge touring exhibition but not just huge in terms of the places it goes to but the scale it's displayed on you know um but i have now got new ideas for work beyond this that i would love to be 
public. You know, I, I've learned so much about the best ways or what I feel are the best ways to go about making a project through the Lifeboat Station project. I, you know, I think we've discussed before that when I started the project, it was all kind of very pure. You know, I wanted to make limited edition prints and right. I would fund the work like that. Now, although I love, of course, selling limited edition prints because they are the kind of gold standard, if you like, or should I say in the context, the silver standard, right, right. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, you know, I, I do love, I, I just love it when somebody buys a limited edition print of my work. Of course I do. Um, but my focus now really is on people mm -hmm. being fully aware that the project is about the people for the people funded by the people you know and i'm alluding to my patrons and um sure anybody who supports the work there and now i know that if if and when or not there's no if about it jeffrey when i make a new project um after the lifeboat station project i will be able to zero in much more quickly on how um that project is um created founded right and displayed and I, I i'm so i feel like i'm so focused now on community thinking mm -hmm. um and the community side of the lifeboat station project and stop me if i've said this before but you know it's because i keep bleating on about it to anybody who will listen you know i, I feel like community spirit is what's going to get us through all of these difficulties mm. and, and it's something that we really need more of um in in life so um, how, how does that, I'm sorry for interrupting, but how, how does that influence what the next project is beyond Lifeboat? Do you see the next project as having to be bigger than, more comprehensive than Lifeboat? Or no. does it necessarily have to be smaller? Is, is it, are you seeing it in those terms yet? No, I, I, I just see it in terms of an idea and then see, it, see where it takes me. Mm -hmm, I will never, mm -hmm. ever try and do bigger or better than the lifeboat station project you know this this feels like a defining period in my life for me mm -hmm. you know I, and i feel like i i now understand what people mean when they say life's work you know this is somebody's life's work that's how i feel about the lifeboat station project and it's been so all-consuming both on a on a personal and professional level um that i feel like whatever i do in the future i need to be careful um for purposes of self-preservation um, and for preservation of those around me, you know, I've had to really rely on the kindness and love of those around me to make the Lifeboat Station project happen sure. because it's become much bigger than we ever expected and much more successful in terms of the reach it's had and the effect it's had on anybody who's come into contact with it. Um, so I, I don't think of new work in that kind of way. I I have some, what I feel are great ideas um and had another one very recently which is an, an audio project um but i would just love anybody and everybody to feel like they have access to it because you know one of the things i've done from the outset as you know is i've always invited people in where possible even into nina so they can look over my shoulder and see sure. me developing developing the plates so what i'm talking about really what we're talking about is a a huge continuation of that philosophy i'm not 
I'm literally not closing the door on people. You know, I could close that side door on Nina and say, no, 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 no you're not right. coming in now. Yeah, be I'm back gonna, in a bit. My, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm going to do my magic now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and you're not to see it. That's right. <laughs> um, but no, anything I do now, which includes the final two and a half, three years on finishing the lifeboat station project, you know, the, the remaining 88 lifeboat stations. Um, yeah, that just trips off the tongue, doesn't it? But yeah. 88 lifeboat stations is quite a lot. Um, but, you know, anything I do from this point, which includes finishing the project, um, I will be doing my darndest to make sure it's as community-minded and community-spirited as possible. It's interesting that, I mean, you, you still have 88 to go, to to mm-hmm. to to quote, I'm, I'm going to use air quotes here fin, to finish the project because it still won't be done. There there's still then the sort of uh, the post mortem of the project, how you present the the thing in its entirety, what form those kinds of things take. Are there are there books, posters, videos, films? So it it still has a life beyond the work of of getting to all of the stations and making the photographs. And I I think that's it's something that I I have for a long time wanted to come up with a project that I can sort of sink myself into in that way. Um, so I, I think there, there is, there is something to be learned when you look at the entirety of the project as anyone who makes anything, um, and has thought about making a long-term comprehensive project. I think this is going to be something that, that, that other makers, whether you're a photographer or not, other s- types of makers look at uh, when they're thinking about um, doing projects of their own, because it it has been so encompassing for good and for bad. Uh, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's cost time, it's cost money, it's cost opportunity. It's co- you know there are all sorts of 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 uh, costs that it that have have accrued. But on the other side of that, what it's provided you. And correct me if I'm wrong, but what it's provided you has seemed to be exponentially greater than the cost. Oh yes, absolutely. You know, it 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 really is immeasurable. Yeah, it's utterly immeasurable. And I could use phrases like "I can't begin to describe," but I'm yeah. at some stage going to have to describe it. Yeah, right. um, Somebody's going to ask you, know, you about it, maybe. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and um, the cost has been worth it. Whatever, whatever the cost has been so far it's been worth it because actually i've grown as a person too i feel you know i um and learned to incorporate it in my life more more ably does that make sense do you know what i mean yeah no no it does i mean i think i think you know we talked about this a, a little bit before that that the photographs on some level are a byproduct of the effort and the experiences they're proof of the effort they're proof of the experiences mm. and 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 I, this is not to be taken as a as a criticism at all but the process of making the photograph the physical process of making the photograph doesn't really change from number 1 to number you know 7000 whatever by the time you're done but what you bring to bear on that changes how you are affected by the people the places the events that have have occurred that changes that that's what i think is is the bulk of this project the photographs yes they're again they're they're they are proof that the project happened but the value the ultimate value is as you've said squarely in the community that has rallied to and around 
what you're doing. Spot on. (laughs) um, All right. Thanks for being here. We will be back in a week or so. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Did I tell you the story about the eighth coxswain um, who wanted a word with me at the end of my visit? No, it doesn't sound familiar. Um, I mean, not not it, not that it, I can recall. Give me some more details, Jack. You well, can't just well, uh, tease me like that. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll carry on, and if you, if you if any of it feels familiar, just say stop, <laughs> not again. Um, because funny enough, right? This is the second time today that I've told this story, having not told it for a long time. I was telling it to my friend Jetstream, uh, yeah, who, Johnny. Hello, hello, Johnny. Exactly. If you're listening. He will be. Of course he will be. <laughs> um, and, and of course, he helped me with the poster last uh, week before last. Um, and we were talking about some of the issues that we that you and I are now talking about. Um, and I told him this story, which he hadn't heard either. Uh, and it stems from a time in June 2016 when I was at the most northerly station on the RNLI network, and that is 8th on Shetland which is 700 miles north of London. Wow. Um, It's nearer to the Arctic Circle than it is to the headquarters in Poole. Um, And being that far from home, you really feel you are that far from home. You know, it's a real outpost and it's hard to believe it's still part of the United Kingdom. And we'd had an an amazing few days at the station um, lots and lots of press interest because one of the things I had done was I scheduled the to, to, to make the photographs on the longest day of the year. So I was at the most northerly station on the longest day of the year. Hmm. Uh, and the, the sun only just sets, you know, it's, it's quite light all night long. The sun only just sets. And I've been out on exercise with them on their seven class lifeboat and had incredible experiences there you know that was that exercise was an extraordinary thing in itself and the coxswain hilton henry who's retired now what a great name oh yes hilton with a y by the way h-y-l-t-o-n of course yes strong name strong man amazing man um he said sounds like a line of clothing that i can't afford Exactly. Oh, I keep saying exactly when I'm speaking to you. Yeah, we're, we're, we're so aligned. <laughs> All right, um, don't don't get sidetracked. Hilton Henry. Uh, yes, he said to me in his beautiful Shetland drawl, "said How are your boat handling skills, Jack?" I said, "Well, they're a bit rusty, Hilton, but you know, I'm I'm good at taking orders." <laughs> uh, and he had me on the helm of the lifeboat, um, wow. going out in, into the North Atlantic. And, and me describe the, for me, if you would, what, what is the sea like in the North Atlantic, in that part know, of the world? I, I've actually got goosebumps now. I've actually got goosebumps thinking about that whole scenario. Um, so we went out in the evening, and actually it was a really beautiful, calm sunset. We'll have to make some photographs available somewhere, Jeffrey, so that um, your listeners can maybe have a, a glimpse at what it was like. And, and to me, in that kind of scenario, it, it's extraordinary to think of it being still and calm. This planet is rotating at over 900 miles an hour, right? 
Yes. And it always it always stuns me. Why doesn't the possible. water fly off? <laughs> well, there is a bit of that. <laughs> but certainly where where land meets water, why isn't it always violent? Right. Well, see, but I have this I have this interpretation based on stories that I've heard and and you know, films and et cetera, that the North Atlantic is this very volatile, violent place in terms of the yeah, sea. It is. And the, the stories that I've heard from that area are just extraordinary. And, they, and, and as we're on the, it's called the flying bridge on that lifeboat, or the other term for it is the upper steering position, the USP. So we're quite high up off the water, cruising along at 28 knots on this 42-ton, 17-meter, 3,500 horsepower vessel. You know, it's, it's, it's called an all-weather lifeboat for a reason. Mm. And and as the coxswains will tell you up there, we don't go out very often, but when we do, we win medals. Wow. You know, because they, they're usually, well, not usually, they're quite, quite often long-range rescues. So they might be going over 100 nautical miles out to sea. Can you imagine that? Going wow. that kind of distance from Shetland into the North Atlantic to potentially tow somebody home, you know, a fishing vessel or whatever it may be. It's an extraordinary scenario. It really is. So when you're cruising along and the weather's calm and we're up there on the upper steering position and Hilton's pointing at huge rocks and he'd say that, you know, quite often those are covered by solid water waves, mm. you know. Mm. I just, in those moments, were dead lucky that... I'm not in that scenario now because, you know, I can't begin. It makes me feel ill actually thinking what that would look like, you know, and and these people go out in those conditions to help others, you know, talk about community spirited, <laughs> you know, they're volunteers, you know, and off they go in those kind of conditions to save people. And so on the particular occasion that I was there, it was just this beautiful, crisp, warm, balmy June evening at the most northerly lifeboat station on the longest, it was shortly after the longest day. It's like the the next day. So it it still felt pretty much like that. And uh, even the journey to get there by ferry, you know, it's seven or eight hours overnight from Orkney to Shetland. Even that journey is quite, quite a thing. And yes, Hilton said, what are your boat handling skills like? And he put me on the helm and I, and I then remained on the helm for the, duration of the exercise even when we were coming back to her mooring at the lifeboat station he said no no stay where you are don't worry i'll guide you through it i was like really you're gonna get me to come alongside and get her in just because it's a very specific mooring there because the conditions can be so rough she's in her own man-made harbor she has a a, a dedicated kind of breakwater that's just for the lifeboats it's called the lifeboat pier now Um, i'm looking i'm telling you jack i'm looking at a map uh, of, oh. of the Shetland Islands now, mm-hmm. and, yes. and th- so this is where you were uh, with with this with this vessel. Yes. Um, okay. And you need to look for you need to look for a small town called Aith. It's on the west coast, kind of nestled in, sort of almost in the southwest corner of the mainland of Shetland mainland, in a in a bay or a vow, as it would be known. Because remember, um, this is a place where the all the road signs are in English and in Old Norse. Oh, wow. Wow. So actually, the correct, or the old, rather, the, not necessarily the correct name, but the Old Norse name for Aeth 
is aid. So the camp is divided. The town is divided as to who pronounces it eighth and who pronounces it aid. Wow. Um, but I believe that many locals uh, will refer to it as aid rather than eighth. And yes, on the road signs, and I have a photograph of this too, that the as you enter eighth, below it is the Old Norse name and it says Old Norse aid. Wow. So that's kind of... It's back, going back too, in it? time, isn't it? It, it? Yeah, it, it really reminds you of the roots of these places, you know, and that you are just a, a blip on the radar. Um, you know, I, it, it's so thrilling at the same time, though. I just find it so thrilling. Um, anyway, back to the... Uh, and now back to uh, our story. Back to our story. <laughs> uh, I, I followed Hilton's instructions to the letter, you know, a little bit on the on the port throttle, a little bit astern on the starboard throttle. Okay, now both ahead. That's right. Now turn the wheel hard to port. You know, all of these instructions that he was telling me. And by following his instructions, I just gently slipped this incredible vessel into her very specific mooring. Sorry to say that again, because I think I slipped over my words again. <laughs> I, <laughs> you, you were fine. Very oh, specific I? mooring. You were just excited. I love hearing uh, how how, oh, how giddy. You're, you're giddy about this. This is terrific. I am. I, I am. You yeah. know, I, anybody who follows the project and follows my journey knows that I just love this. And, and anybody who's seen this kind of stuff happening will know why. Right. You know, it, it's just extraordinary. So she slipped into the mooring in just the right position only really because of Hilton's instructions, of course, not because of any great skill by me. But I, <laughs> right. but I think but I think he was pleased that I had actually followed what the instructions right. he was saying. Well, I, I, I think you began by touch. saying you're a good listener. <laughs> yes, yes. And do you know, so by that stage, I was in the wheelhouse to do that. And I couldn't quite comprehend how you can do that from within the wheelhouse. So that's below the upper steering position. The upper steering position is then on the ceiling of the wheelhouse. So it's on mm. the roof of the wheelhouse. Okay, okay. So we're now is, we're is, it, is it that your view from the wheelhouse is obscured? Yes, yes. Okay, so so you, okay. do, you do have you do have a good view, but not astern mm-hmm. unless you look out of the the rear door, the aft door on the wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. So it's quite hard to feel what the size is. It's a bit like driving a juggernaut, you know. It's like what? Where are the extremities of this? Now I'm in here, mm-hmm. and now I'm having to steer this thing. And Hilton was so relaxed because he's such a, you know, he, he he's such a skillful mariner, and. When she was in the right position and they just chucked the ropes and it looked very straightforward, all the crew who were on the deck turned and gave me a round of applause. Ah, that's cool. And it was, honestly, it was so cool. It was. Yeah. See, experiences like that, you you could not ever have planned. You could not ever have have foreseen. And and it's, wow, that's really cool. And I was saying to Jetstream earlier on, you know, that's, that's the product of how we make the project how i make the project mm-hmm. and and how i engage with people and um go in as a zero we discussed that before too haven't we right um with you know, the, the chris hadfield reference um and so what i'm building up to here with this what's you know this protracted story i hope you're all <laughs> enjoying it um is the next day uh, i was sitting in the boathouse i was kind of getting ready to leave um and sometimes with these places it's really hard to leave and you end up staying for extra cups of tea you know you just stay stay and stay and stay and leave at the right, last moment right. because you just don't want to leave um because it's been so incredible and i was having a cup of tea with john the mechanic there 
um, who's now Coxon. Um, he took over after Hilton retired. But you know, he's a lovely young chap and um, heard this stomp, stomp, stomp up the stairs, which I'd already grown accustomed to the fact was Hilton Henry with his Rottweiler <laughs> coming up the stairs. Um, his Rottweiler was called Bear. Um, I haven't mentioned this to you before, have I? Have I mentioned his Rottweiler or anything like that? No. No. Okay. If if you can bear it, I've got another story afterwards, but you can right. cut it out if you like. No, 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 it's um, good. Okay. Um, he came up the stairs and said, ah, oh, good, you're here. I want a word with you. <laughs> and I was thinking, oh, You're going to have to pay for this. <laughs> well, what have I done? You know, you know, have I messed up inadvertently? That's always my worst fear, really, is messing up because... You know, I, I go to such great efforts to get things right and to respect everybody I come into contact with and and to make everyone feel included. And, and I was thinking, oh, what have I done? So, so I tentatively said, oh, right. Um, <laughs> at which point John the mechanic got up and said, oh, would you like a cup of tea, Hilton? Yes, please. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, no. So Hilton sat down on the sofa opposite me in the, in the crew room, you know, in, the, in this amazing location that I've already described. And he said, I, I want to know something, Jack. I said, all right, Hilton, is everything okay? He said, yes, yes, yes. He said, I want to know something. You know, we've had hundreds of photographers here during my career, but what's made your visit so special? I said, well, um, I'm glad you think it's special. Um, but and I started to speak. He said, "No, no, don't worry." He said, oh, "I've thought, I've been thinking about this, and I know why it is. Um, not least because it's kept me up all night. I haven't been able to sleep because I've been thinking about it." So right, okay. Um, he felt the reason why it was so special is because he had come to realise that really I was making a special occasion, and I think as we've alluded to before in conversations, Jeffrey, that he'd come to recognise that the glass plates were although beautiful, were mementos of that special occasion. Sure. They're markers of the experience. Yeah. And he said, so what I feel you've done, Jack, what I feel you do is you fix memories. Hmm. And I said to Hilton, I said, gosh, that's a beautiful thing to say. You know, he is deliberately, of course, taking the metaphor of the chemicals. Sure. Yeah, he's sure. thinking about the, he's thinking about the things he'd learned, you know, things he knew nothing about three or four days beforehand. Mm -hmm. He didn't know about developer and fixer and all these kind of things, but by watching me make a few plates in Nina, he got got to grips a little bit with the process and understood what was going on. And so I thought for somebody like Hilton, who I think I'm correct in saying wouldn't necessarily have taken a specific interest in in the arts and photography before my arrival. I could be wrong. I could mm -hmm. I could be wrong with that. Um, Maybe a passing but, interest because he, yes, he had kind of said that other photographers had been there. Yes, yeah. 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 But, but for for the experiences to really hit him like that and to kind of keep him up, keep him awake at night and thinking it through, I thought mm -hmm. was a, a really special thing, you know. Um, so that was the that was the conclusion of that particular visit. When I first arrived at the station. Again, John, the mechanic, was the first person that I met, and we and he made made me a cup of tea. And we heard this stomp, stomp, stomp up the stairs. So that's my the first time I'd heard it. And John went quiet because obviously he knew who was coming, and I didn't necessarily know who was coming up the stairs at that time. And Hilton appeared in the doorway and looked at me, and didn't say a word. Seconds later, just behind him, followed his Rottweiler there. <laughs> 
<laughs> Jack's palms start to sweat a little yes. at this point. <laughs> yes, but at the, in those moments, I was thanking my lucky stars that I have two dogs of my own. Right. And I recognized this as a test because he just stood there and looked at me. Yeah. And Bear was just standing there looking at me. And I offered Bear the back of my hand, which he then licked. And I, and I patted his head and said, oh, who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? And he started wagging his tail and Bear looked really happy. And Hilton said, this is good. You like my dog and my dog likes you. We're going to get it along. That's great. And I thought, I, you know, that was evidence quite graphically of the fact that I have to be a people person first or, or a dog person yeah, right. <laughs> um, before, before I'm a photographer or documentarist or any of these things that we've talked about, you know, before any of that occurs as creators and who are working with people, we have to be people person, pe we have to be people, people first. Well, I think that kind of gets that that gets lost, doesn't it? I mean, the, the other things that surround the making sometimes get lost because we become and maybe quite necessarily we become myopic. We become focused on the making and sometimes that other stuff falls by the wayside. But I think mm. in story after story with you, you are one of those makers for whom, as we've as we've said, that the exchanges are what make the photographs, the art in this case, possible. Yes. And without those exchanges, without, if his dog hadn't liked you, you would have had a very different experience there, I'm assuming. Yes. And if I hadn't had the right approach. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and actually the dog liked me because of my approach. And in that moment, it just encapsulated everything that's important. Mm -hmm. The dog liked me because of my approach. And that's the same with people, you know. So then Hilton liked me because of my approach. Um, and I believe that's another kind of mantra from pilots. Uh, you know, the key to a, a good landing is the approach. Sure. Um, you know, that kind of sentiment. Um, I can imagine Jetstream now shaking his head. <laughs> You've gotten it wrong again, <laughs> Jack. Yes, yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we have, we have to give him a private number where he can call in every once in a while. And, and yes, yeah, yeah, the bat line. Yeah, chime in. Go, no, 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 no. Do you know what? While we're in stiff key, um, I, I have a little um, flag selection. Um, I don't know how much you know about flags, uh, nautical flags. Um, uh, absolutely nothing. Well, they're, they're, there's a different flag for each letter of the alphabet, um, so that you really. Can, Yes, yeah, so that you could, so that you have an analog method of contact, so you can string them together from your halyard, um, or you know from from the mast to convey a message. Hmm. Um, That'd be a pretty short fails. message. Yes, but um, you can put flags up in different configurations. You know, if you put them up in a certain configuration, it can mean a longer message. Ah, okay. Um, for example, if you fly the hotel flag so h for hotel flag in isolation it means pilot on board so um i think we've already mentioned that uh, jetstream is an airline captain and um when we were at stiff key i actually got the the pilot on board flag out for the first time and flew it from nina 
Nice. <laughs> so, so the people knew that there's a pilot on board. <laughs> should they require one? <laughs> you know, I just love, I just love little things like that because you know, it's like, well, why not? You know, like, why not? And I, and then I dug out my lovely, I've got a lovely R and I flag as well, and some bunting that one of my patrons made, and it just looked like a lovely little joyous event. Hmm. Stiff key, you know, I'd, all these little things that make a, a lot of difference to people. You know, when people turn up, they're going, oh, look at the bunting. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a, um, these little bits of joy, I think, are, are much needed um, after such dark times for so many people. You can subscribe to In Between in your favorite podcast app or get every episode of In Between, as well as my other shows, Iterations and Process Driven, and any one-off conversation that I happen to release all in one feed by subscribing to Jeffrey Sidoris Everything. Be sure to check the show notes for links to some of the things that Jack and I talked about in this conversation, including the work of JR, who has been a huge source of inspiration for Jack as he finds different ways to present the work that he's creating for the Lifeboat Station project. If you'd like to learn more about the project, head over to lifeboatstationproject.com. And if you'd like to connect with Jack, you can find him on Twitter at Mr. Jack Lowe. That's M-R-J-A-C-K-L-O-W-E. Connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at Jeffrey Sadoris. That's J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-S-A-D-D-O-R-I-S. Or on my website at jeffreysadoris.com. And if you've got questions or feedback or maybe an interesting story you'd like to share, feel free to email me at talkback at jeffreysadoris.com. You can support the shows by telling a friend or by sharing them on social media. And I'll be back in a week or so with another show. I hope you'll join me. Until then, as always, thank you very much for listening. I appreciate your time and I'll talk to you on the next one.